Abstractly speaking, when the word rhetoric first appeared on my intellectual lens, to the extent of the observable world and the relation with this topic implies being creative, productive, and focused in achieving a desired effect that was seen at any given moment. It conjured words such as parenthesis, apology, even a comma. However, because of my intellectual curiosity, I decided to frame a close-up view of this construct so as to draw attention to the specifics and detail of rhetoric which is so conceived and used by individual speakers or by society designed to have a persuasive or impressive effect and is often regarded as lacking in sincerity or meaningful content that might otherwise have gone unnoticed. As a result of my deductive and inductive reasoning skills, I was able to decode rhetoric, an aspect of culture which is also a commentary necessitate making sense out of practices and customs, usually items that are associated with a particular culture especially through their way of life. In another sense, when the term rhetoric and aspect of culture is in use, it is done to highlight the direction of a custom, constellation, procedural and academic frames in which we engross in our intellectual and educational practices. In the pursuance of analysis, especially the detail concerning rhetoric, I have discovered that there are three principles of rhetoric. These include logos or logical appeal, pathos or emotional appeal, and ethos or ethical appeal or appeal based on the character and credibility of the author. Now that I have established context as an author, student of film, licensed cultural practitioner, this detail evoke a different response within my cognition. Rhetoric is perceived as just a tool like vocabulary, punctuation, syntax and grammar, which I've used to build something for me as an author, media arts specialist and licensed cultural practitioner in framing the argument, rhetoric, and aspect of culture. It should be noted that scholars have debated the scope of rhetoric since ancient times. Although some people have limited rhetoric to the specific realm of political discourse, many modern scholars liberate it to encompass every aspect of culture. Contemporary studies of rhetoric address a much more diverse range of domains that was the case in ancient times. While classical rhetoric trained speakers can be effective, persuaders in public forums and institutions such as courtrooms and assemblies, contemporary rhetoric investigates human discourse. Rhetoricians have studied the discourses of a wide variety of domains, 
including the natural and social sciences, fine art, religion, journalism, digital media, fiction, history, cartography, and architecture, along with the more traditional domains of politics and the law. This genre has created social changes and produced changes in language. For example, these extremely negative views toward rhetoric prevail until the 1930s, when attention to the importance of studying how language is used was stimulated by logical positivism. The philosophical movement that insists that all statements be verifiable by observation or experiment, and that movement had ironically been stimulated in turn by the very scientism that had earlier disparaged rhetoric. Substantial attempts were made, particularly in the United States, to develop an art of discourse suitable for teaching in schools and universities. The rhetorical toolkit highlights the fact that Aristotle is among the most influential thinkers in Western history. Active in Greece during the 4th century BC, Aristotle defined rhetorical thinking for years to come and still has a heavy influence in rhetorical studies today. The fact that Aristotle proofs have a double function a. Analyzing a text to understand how it appeals to the audience in the manners fitting with each proof, and b. In the actual creation of a rhetorical text also has implications for people everywhere. This tool is a mechanism employed to incite emotion in any audience. An author might use what we call loaded language or language that is worded in such a way to communicate information while also subtly influencing how the audience feels about that information. Rhetoric aims to study the capacities of writers or speakers needed to inform, persuade, or motivate particular audiences in specific situations. Plausibly, this may be one of the reasons why the ancient Greeks highly valued public political participation because rhetoric emerged as a crucial tool to influence politics. The ancient insight that just as rhetoric is founded in culture, culture is founded in rhetoric, a view espoused by Professor Ivo Strecker, Christian Mayer, PhD, and Professor Stephen Tyler. The rhetoric and composition pedagogy developed in the late 19th century is still used in many schools today and is known as current traditional rhetoric, commonly referred to among field scholars and hereinafter as CTR. The new rhetoric is defined as a theory of argumentation that has as its object the study of discursive techniques that aim to provoke or to increase the adherence of men's minds 
to these that are presented for the assent. Thus, the new rhetoric elaborating a logic for judgments of value is indispensable for the analysis of practical reasoning. The three Greek philosophers are Plato, Aristotle, and Socrates, who are still famous even today for their thoughts and teachings. Socrates considered being the father of Western philosopher. Plato was a pupil of Socrates and established the Academy of Philosophy. Over the past century, people studying rhetoric have tended to enlarge its object domain beyond speech texts. There is now the term digital rhetoric, which was coined by rhetorician Richard A. Lanham in his 1993 essay collection, The Electronic Word, Democracy, Technology, and the Arts, owing to its origin in ancient Greece and Rome. English rhetorical theory frequently employs Greek and Latin words as terms of art. Propaganda is communication that is used primarily to influence an audience and further an agenda, which may not be objective and may be presenting facts selectively to encourage a particular synthesis or perception or using loaded language to produce an emotional rather than a rational response to the information that is presented. Rhetorical reason is the faculty of discovering the crux of the matter while language of thought theories rely on the belief that mental representation has linguistic structure. In the classical period itself, the term republicanism did not exist, but the term res publica, which translates literally as the public thing or the public affair, was in usage. There were a number of theorists who wrote on political philosophy. During this period, such as Aristotle, Polybius, and Cicero, and their ideas became the essential core of classical republicanism. Psychological and manipulation is a type of social influence that aims to change the behavior or perception of others through indirect, deceptive, or underhanded tactics. In classical rhetoric, figures of speech are classified as one of the four fundamental rhetorical operations or quadrupedia, ratio, addition, omission, permutation, and transposition. Rhetoric refers to the study and uses of written, spoken, and visual language. It investigates how language is used to organize and maintain social groups, construct meanings and identities, coordinate behavior, mediate power, produce change, and create knowledge. Culture rhetoric involves using language that a particular group of people use to communicate. The use of traditional rhetoric in this content is not mainly used because it takes away the true meaning of the content that is being spoken about or communicated to the audience. The uniqueness of the language makes it fun to understand by the natives, 
but by the same token, strange to a person who is not familiar with that language or style. The aforesaid clarification did not conflate the issue, but was confirmed by Brett and Kate McKay, who asserted that rhetoric was an essential part of a liberal education from the days of Aristotle all the way up to the early 20th century. A well-educated man was expected to write and speak effectively and persuasively, and students devoted several years to studying how to do so. It is because of the aforesaid reasoning that global citizens should study rhetoric. Now that I have established context, which sets the tone and tenor for this intellectual discourse, it is reasonable to ask the following question. What is rhetoric? According to virtualspeech.com blog, rhetoric is the study and art of writing and speaking persuasively. Its aim is to inform, educate, persuade, or motivate specific audiences in specific situations. It is recorded in the Annals of History that Aristotle thought that rhetoric itself is not a productive art of making, but is an art of doing, embodying a power which is employed in certain kinds of speaking. According to www.britannica.com A close-up view of Aristotle's ideology through my lens expresses indirectly that rhetoric is the study and art of writing and speaking well, being persuasive, and knowing how to compose successful writing and presentations. Rhetoric teaches us essential skills of advanced learning and higher education. The stronger the presentations you make, the greater your academic success. What is equally important for eons, rhetoric has occupied space within Antiquity, Middle Ages, and Renaissance ancient Greece. Rhetoric is medieval times and the Renaissance, and rhetoric in the modern day are also ingredients of rhetoric culture. The rejuvenation of rhetoric continued through the Enlightenment as democratic ideals spread throughout Europe and the American colonies. Rhetoric shifted back from religious to political discourse. Political philosophers and revolutionaries used rhetoric as a weapon in their campaign to spread liberty and freedom. Overall, abstractly speaking, when the word rhetoric first appeared on my intellectual lens, to the extent of the observable world that was seen at any given moment, it conjured words such as parenthesis, apology, and comma. Now that I have verbalized this rhetorical approach to some extent assisted in the framing of this discourse and examining of the rhetorical characteristics of historical events in a cultural context of purpose, message, audience, and voice implies that we can become 
more effective in writing and speaking by understanding ethos, logos, and pathos, the three main forms of rhetoric, according to Aristotle. Rhetoric is a genre and also an aspect of culture, verbalized in 20 chapters and framed in ISBN 978-976-965289.